Hey everyone, here's another Patreon episode preview. This one we go over the UAW and the Big Three and the negotiations currently going on, as well as what it all means. Here is a little clip from that. To get the full thing, become a patron at patreon.com slash workstoppage. If you can't afford that, we understand. Times can be tough. And jump in the Discord, message one of the admins, and we will hook you up. But otherwise, we really appreciate the help because this is the only way we get any funding for doing this as an entirely listener-supported show. But without any further ado, enjoy the preview. Solidarity. Another major change with this reform slate on how negotiations are going to go is in the literal process of how negotiations will happen. In the past, economic demands were called the president's demands because instead of having the lead negotiators at the table for the first part of the process, the administration would go behind closed doors with the bosses and negotiate those in secret. The new Workers United administration has changed that process so that lead negotiators will still be the ones bargaining over these economic issues. And to symbolize this, they've actually changed the name of the demands from the president's demands to members' demands, which I think is, you know, another one of those things similar to the handshake thing where it's like, oh, it's kind of symbolic. But also, there is a material difference in that they have changed the way that the negotiation process works. Because again, I'm going to reiterate what I just said that they, used to be that the leaders the like executive board would go into a back room and negotiate the economic process that has now been you know changed so that it is the lead negotiators from all of the different locals who will be doing that who are also all of the people who are negotiating all of the other parts of the contract yeah it's a much lot basically i think you know the the i think the big important distinction there is that it's like there are going to be a hell of a lot more people, including, I believe, rank-and-file members actually participating in these negotiations. It's not just going to be a few members of the executive board. It's like the whole executive board and a whole bunch of local officers and some rank-and-file members. It's a lot more people, which is vital. Like, it's so important because how else are you going to transmit the members' demands if you only have, for a union of 150,000 auto workers, if you only have, like, three people at the table? Yeah, yeah absolutely. and it's also kind of absurd that to think that like, oh, economic demands, we can silo those off and use like a more expedient process. And it's like, well, who's that who's that really serving? You know? <laughs> like who suggested that? Maybe <laughs> maybe take a closer look at, at, at who that serves. Because it, it, it does seem like very commonsensical to just be like, well, no, these should just be negotiated on the same way as every other demand. Anything that's in the contract should all be negotiated on the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a really good change. And while automakers cry poverty, threaten plant closures, like Dan was talking about, as they always do, and generally attempt to intimidate the UAW into accepting a weak deal, Fain has not tired of pointing out that between them, the big three have made over $250 billion in profits over the last four years. The money is there. They're just not, it's, it's just not going to workers. This has been one of the key data points for refuting claims that the bosses are claiming that they can't afford to pay for a contract provision like COLA to keep workers from, you know, being squeezed by inflation. $250 billion is so much money. <laughs> it's a deranged. And in four years, to be like, oh, we can't give you anything that you're asking for. Please don't mind the quarter of a trillion dollars. <laughs> 
that we made since 2018. Not since 1990, okay? Since 2018. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's really insulting that they would, I mean, as all capitalists are, is purely insulting and demeaning. But, you know, that they would even say that, oh, we can't afford it. I mean... And I think that is one of the parts that's so sinister about the plant closure threat to me because, Mm -hmm. like, the plant closure threat is bad enough when the company is actually doing bad. Like, because it's like, well, the reason that you're doing bad isn't because the workers are too expensive. It's because you made some fuck up as the executive and, and like, you you decided it would be better to spend $17 million on a private jet than, you know, retooling for a new model or something or putting in a new, or actually spending the money to make sure that the new car you're designing is reliable and isn't just going to fall apart like every Tesla. Um, So, like, there's always management reasons why the company is in that straight in the first place. But they are still in today, right now, actively threatening to close plants and move them somewhere else even while they're making fucking quarter of a trillion dollars so it's like it's one of those things where i'm like pete i really want people to internalize that because it's like the next time you hear a company cry poverty like this and be like if look if, if we just can't afford to pay workers wages when we can get cheaper wages somewhere else they are lying to you what they are telling you is I want to steal more money from my workers, and if you make it harder, then I'm going to go somewhere to another country where I can steal more money from those workers. Yeah, and uh, literally, if you average out $250 billion across four years, it's like the fucking GDP of Luxembourg or Lithuania (laughs) or something, like entire functional nations that these companies are making just in profit, by the Mm -hmm. way. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, by the second quarter of this year, they've made a whopping four point, or $44.7 billion in just gross revenue. I mean, in quarter two, GM earned $3.2 billion in profit. Ford has earned $1.9 billion, triple that of a, of a year ago. So they've, they're doing very well this year. And then, this is an interesting one, over quarter one and two, Stellantis hit a new record of profit at $12.1 billion dollars all of this all in just profit yeah there's yeah. the gdp of monaco just just there under stellantis yeah. 12 billion in profit in half a year is just like that's so much money like i know i made fun of stellantis at the beginning but stellantis does seem to be pretty good at uh stealing from its workers <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well and sean Fain has used this as a rallying cry for the historic contract saying quote General Motors has made mind-boggling profits over the last decade. GM's recently announced quarterly earnings just set a post-bankruptcy record, and automakers and our communities have yet to be made whole for the sacrifices we've made since the Great Recession. GM executives have closed 31 plants over the last 20 years and are now enriching themselves through joint venture battery plants that get billions from the federal government in taxpayer subsidies but pay poverty wages. It's long past time for GM to pony up end tiers, pay their employees competitive wages that keep up with the cost of living and provide everyone with the ability to retire with dignity, end quote. And you know, it's actually interesting that this quote says uh, competitive wage. That there's a quote of him saying competitive wages because in the most recent uh, Facebook Live that he was in, he actually kind of talked about the term competitive wages. It's like competitive with who? 
Mm-hmm. He actually, he actually, yeah. you know, we brought up that point many times, but it was actually good to see him kind of, uh, you know, bring that up as well, at least recently on his Facebook Live. Yeah, well, it's so critical because you have groups like uh, the Teamsters and the UAW, which are like, if who's going to set the benchmark for what mm-hmm. counts as a competitive wage if it mm-hmm. if not for these major unions that have you know exactly. hundreds of thousands of members? So, um, yeah, but yeah. 100%. In addition to fighting against just general economic issues, they're also trying to get rid of, as mentioned in the quote earlier, uh, the tiers in their contracts. And so getting uh, drilling down on equal pay for equal work is very important after decades of concession-filled contracts. So ending tiers is, unsurprisingly, at the top of the list for many of these workers, stopping the 15-year-old practice of cutting new hires out of the hard-won pensions and retirement health care won by earlier generations before the 2008 bailouts sorry kids you hit the generational lottery and you missed so (laughs) you just get less money i guess so turnover has soared since that time as newer workers have little reason to stay without real retirement benefits and the companies have further weaponized that to justify hiring temp workers for even lower wages making just 1667 an hour temps are not eligible for raises bonuses or retirement benefits get next to no days off and can work these positions for years side effects may include dizziness nausea (laughs) headaches vomiting (laughs) yeah i mean of working as a temp uh genuinely i think those probably are actual side effects of being forced to do the the bullshit that temp workers are forced to do yeah i mean honestly (laughs) a potential sudden death that's when you hear at the end of a lot of those commercials and and i think just to explain to folks because i was was thinking about this like to explain to people like why pensions have an effect on turnover because i think a lot of people don't actually know what a pension pension is because they're so rare now but like for instance because most places that have a pension now i'm not actually sure if union pensions always work exactly the same way um but the way that most pensions or defined benefit retirement plans to go for the more uh you know specific term the way a lot of them work is that you have to work for a certain period of time before the pension vests Mm-hmm. where like the the amount that you're investing in it becomes the permanent pension where you will be paid an annuity every year after like after a certain age usually 60 65 for the rest of your life uh but you have to have worked for a certain amount of time to for it to vest often 10 15 depending on where it is 20 years and so that has kind of a twofold effect one if your place has a pension you have a big incentive to stay there at least until that vesting year because if you don't you basically just get back the money as like a lump sum which is not that great as a retirement benefit um and it if the company actually cared about putting out the best possible product, that would be a benefit for them because it would encourage more workers to stay longer, accumulating more experience and getting better at their jobs. However, because capitalist enterprises are do not really care about the quality of their product and only care about the amount of profit they can extract from it, that instead gets inverted. And like so many things in capitalist incentives, becomes it actually becomes bad mm-hmm. to have these long-term veteran employees who are extremely good at their jobs because they have earned higher wages and better benefits and become more expensive even though they are making you a better product and thus making you more money. Yeah. So... Sean Fain said in a Facebook Live that the union is bargaining towards making all current temp workers permanent workers and limiting how much the big three is even allowed to use temp workers in the first place, hopefully working towards eliminating that classification altogether, which 
obviously is the most correct thing to do. Uh, yeah, so that'd be huge. All of these different classifications of job that are doing the exact same work for differing wages is anathema to solidarity. Uh, David Johnson, a worker from Chicago who assembles Ford Explorers, told Labor Notes, quote, There shouldn't be any tears. Division brings about weakness, you know? It's just kind of hard to be working next to somebody, doing the same job, putting in the same sweat, then getting a low wage, end quote. And that's absolutely true. And also, what an incredibly Midwestern thing to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Division brings about weakness, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, You've got these, like, really pithy, well-thought-out lines, and then you just add the, you know? Yeah, you understand <laughs> me? You're listening, bud. Uh, but, so, <laughs> workers who spoke with the Detroit News called out how low the wages are for many auto workers now. Chris Holloway, a worker at GM's Factory Zero, which is in all caps for some reason, said, quote, it shouldn't take two or three paychecks to pay my rent. Sheree Watts, also at Factory Zero, said, quote, I feel like we should be able to afford the cars that we make <laughs> midwesterners isn't, killing it <laughs> isn't that also like the classic ford line thing mm-hmm. and like the fact that that has turned around should be a, an indictment of the entire auto industry oh absolutely uh, we, uh, we also heard from Corey Marrow, a worker at the Sterling Heights Assembly Plant for Stellantis, who said, quote, I'm not going to be in a position to work when I retire. It's $200 in gas to drive here every week. I just had surgery on my wrist. The work is a lot on my body. We need some more, end quote. And uh, another very Midwestern thing is when you have uh, complaints, you just list all of them. And honestly, highly effective. Recommend. <laughs> when they tie a can to a union man. Sit down, sit down. When they give him the sack, they'll take him back. Sit down, sit down. Sit down, just take a seat. Sit down and rest your feet. Sit down, you've got to be. Sit down, sit down. When they smile and say, no raise and pay. Sit down. Sit down. When you want the boss to come across. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down, just take a seat. Sit down and rest your feet. Sit down, you've got to be. Sit down, sit down. When the speed up comes, just twiddle your thumb. Sit down. Sit down. When you want them to know, they better go slow. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down, just take a seat. Sit down and rest your feet. Sit down, you've got to be. Sit down, sit down. When the boss don't talk, don't take a walk. Sit down, sit down. When the boss sees that, he'll want to chat. Sit down, sit down. Sit down, just take a seat. 